program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. It's great to have you. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. So if you've been tuning in for a while to this show, you know that what I'm trying to do is really impart maybe some education, some wisdom, some inspiration along the work front, along the work journey. So part of what I thought it would be fun to do along the way is to kind of let you be a voyeur, if you will, into these wonderful conversations I've been having in my research when I cuddle up with somebody and over a microphone and maybe a cup of coffee and we talk about their lives and their work and what does it mean to them and who, who they are as a human being, all those amazing things that I think are hopelessly interesting. So part of what I'm hoping that you get out of listening is that kind of uh, a sneaking in and listening kind of an effect and you get to enjoy hearing about their journeys and and how they pulled it all off that's the fun part so um for those of you who were with us last week, you got to hear from Mark Mitford, who is a 20-year veteran of the human resource field, and he shared how he really got into the field, why did he pick that field, what has he done along the way to develop his own career, and then he shared a lot of advice about how those of you out there are looking to develop and advance your own careers could maybe do so. So I hope you found some interesting little tidbits in there for yourself. This week, we get to talk with Nicole Pesur, who has made the amazing, remarkable journey from working as an attorney for the city of New York to a yoga diva here in Dallas. So she has an amazing story to tell about her journey and really what she's learned along the way. And as you know by now, I'd like to see where I find my guests. So one of my friends who's been listening to the show, and I'll just say who she is, Catherine Lynch, that's you out there. Uh, when she heard the show a couple times, she said, oh my gosh, you know who you have to interview is Nicole. So I did. I reached out to her. We had a conversation. I said, yes, you must come on the show. So welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure. Well, I have about 26 questions for you. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> well, the first one's super easy. If you'll just introduce yourself, say about who you are, what you're doing these days. I am the luckiest person in the world to teach yoga and empower my students on the level of body-mind connection. It's not dissimilar from helping my clients when I was an attorney. I still am licensed in the state of New York. Won't give that up. It was too hard to earn. (laughs) And yet, every single day, people unfold in mysterious ways and to support that effort is a treat. It makes my workday worthwhile. And I'm so delighted with the progress that my students are making. It There's a wave of health consciousness. Mm-hmm. I happen to be right at the right place at the right time, a perfect storm of events where people want to feel good in their bodies and have that 
connection so that they can do their dharma in yoga that's your life purpose your work mm. and endowing people with a body a vehicle to make that journey is just a privilege well you know i love that phrase right if that's what dharma means and i'm all over dharma <laughs> well let's let's kind of settle this apart a little bit kind of kick it apart i do want to start hearing about your first your first career in as being an attorney so right. why did you choose that and what was the journey to get there Graduated from University of Pennsylvania with a specialization in literature, English, writing, concentrating in language, Mm. and was a journalist, finished Radcliffe Publishing, writing for the New Orleans Tribune, was in the city at the time when David Duke was running. And for those of you who don't know, ex-Klanman running for, uh, you know, this high office and made me so uncomfortable, so politically got a rash really I got an allergic (laughs) political rash on that one and needed to push although being a journalist will endow someone with the ability to get in and get the story I thought okay law there were very few lawyers in my family maybe only one it was more the medical science type of tribe of family and so I found myself at Tulane Law and was so interested in it, went to public interest law, housing, did a stint summer at HUD and loved the public housing debate and moved into the city of New York Department of Housing Preservation and Development Mm -hmm. where served the population, the citizens of New York in affordable housing, decent housing. That's some of the oldest housing stock in the country and when you see Mm. the deterioration and also the leveraging that certain unsavory landlords do with the housing stock you can't treat it like a portfolio of bonds or stocks you have to look at the people living there but that's not always the case sometimes it's just an investment and for those landlords there is a tendency to create so much housing maintenance codes violation that the tenant has no way to go against such a large gorilla. So the city of New York is impleted and called in Hmm. and we are a co-defendant and enforce the housing maintenance code against the landlord and give civil penalties and sometimes jail time. If you remember that movie where the man has to go and live in his own building because the judge is so disgusted. I don't know this yeah, movie. It was the, uh, an amazing actor. I'm going to forget his name now, but he was in My Cousin Vinny. Uh-huh. And he, I think it's the... I know who the actor, know the actor is. is. Okay. Yeah, I'll get that in a second. And Pesci. Joe Pesci. Pesci. Joe yeah. Pesci. And he has to go live in one of his buildings. The buildings that I would see... I just remember walking up the stairs behind the judge. And this is a an ex-football player. And the stairs were with one stair missing. You could look through wow. to the second story. And I said, oh, this is a bad time for the judge to be walking in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad time, you know, with my chivalric ways. Oh, oh your honor, you go first. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to be crushed when the staircase falls in. And helping people is really the undercurrent of anything that we are privileged to do in our work lives and a servant civil service was great 
And that's really why I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm, what a wonderful story. I didn't know that. We didn't talk about that earlier. That's fantastic. I can't be surprised. <laughs> and I, I do love the way you use language. Oh, you you, you clearly love words. And it just it shows. And it, the way you pronounce things, the, the words that you choose, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, so what did you like about being an attorney? And how long did you do it? I graduated from law school in... I'll date myself in about 95, and I practiced law for about 10, 11 years, 12 years, let's say. And it was a road where the deeper I got into the mental jousting, going to court, finally, when I would go to court, Many lawyers don't go to court. They're transactional people. Mm, mm. And going to court is a different different type of lawyer. Many lawyers never even step foot in a courtroom. And to go to court, to see these other attorneys, to go into judges' chambers and then to negotiate. And criminal court is civil. People are scared. There's a jail time. Mm-hmm. There is a certain level of good behavior. Yeah. Housing court, not so, not so much. much. <laughs> and I was in Brooklyn, which is so <laughs> wonderful. And you get to see a cultural exchange. Certain, you can't, if you're with a Hasidic Jewish person, you can't touch. This is a man. You can't touch. You can't look in the eye. A Chinese person, completely different. Uh, an Indian person sometimes will get very, very close in. And so we were cued on the cultural mm. exchanges. And just, I became very fluent in people mm-hmm. and very fluent in reading people. And that served me well to find pain because I started to suffer myself and pick up on the agony. People who are in mm. disenfranchised in housing, it's systemic. Yeah. You have no heat. Your children are cold and sick. You have to miss work to go to court. You can't get a good place to live. You're worried. You can't afford decent housing. Everything spirals downwards. And so decent good housing in this country is a stepping stone to create a society of stability. So I was on the front line seeing people who just were getting it at every turn. You know, oh, I, I'm missing work again. Oh, my child is sick again. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are rats and I just bought this food. Oh, I can't, I don't have heat and yet I pay my rent. And it started to wear at me, chipping away. I got the classic idea that stomach pain was normal. Wow. Stomach pain just was normal. Everybody has Everybody it. Everybody is sick. Everybody, and, and that is a modern ill, mm-hmm. irritable bowel, all sorts of other phantom things that manifest in ulcer-like conditions. My friends were so sick of me because I had a very tight radius from the closest WC water closet. (laughs) I couldn't go too far. And they were like, you know, you're no fun. So you need to get that checked out. So every test, do you have a parasite? Is it this? Is it allergies? And I was so sickly and I was reluctant to give up health just to continue. Mm. Although it was very good, 
at arguing, but started to take it into my gut, literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you really helped us understand what was going on there. I love the rich description of all the people that you were encountering. Of course, I I find all that extremely yummy. The diversity piece for me is where it's at. And I appreciate that you really helped us understand how you were starting to take on their ills. That's really amazing. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And so how long was that, I hate to say it, but that process of germination where you're kind of going through and taking on that sickness and cycling through all that? I think if, like, you have an ability to read your guest, look at them, figure out in a through line that is fascinating, if you are an empath or a person who, as I spoke earlier of, reads people well, you're going to find these other cues. When we look at Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, you get sensory data from eyes, body language, sounds, even on a level that maybe we have yet to understand. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And what started to happen, I was always doing yoga. I had done yoga on videotapes, and that will also date me because now it's a videotape. (laughs) You don't even know. I mean, I had this clunky thing with Patricia Walden, and my mother and I would do it. And that grew simultaneous with my first years of law school. I used it to calm myself for the bar. And I started to use it as I got more sophisticated in pranayama, which is the breathing part of yoga, Mm -hmm. to breathe with my opponents. You said that before. Can you tell me more about that? That is fascinating. What do you mean by that? In negotiations, the quality or an interview the quality of mirroring a person is so important Mm -hmm. to create a bridge Mm -hmm. we have what's going on in the backdrop now with iran and i can't wait till i can evolve to be a fly on the wall to see that negotiation (laughs) the idea that you can step into a room and watch someone breathe Mm -hmm. and slow down your breath to entrain with them Mm -hmm. it makes them calm it makes them and this was unbeknownst i'm divulging it a trade secret here. My settlements were better. People were mm. more willing to work with me. They trusted me more and they came away calm. Now, this is yoga. Okay. Wow. This is a yoga. I was instructing a yoga session over a very acerbic, uh, antagonistic exchange over a landlord who just wanted to rip me to shreds. Mm-hmm. And I would just wait. And wait for him to breathe, and then I would breathe, and and I would I would slow down or speed up, and let there be a synchronicity. And what started to happen? Shoulders relax. Yeah. Speaking at a tone that is soothing. Mm-hmm. These are things when you're negotiating. So important to understand that person to get on their same frequency, not as a manipulative trope but as a way to make it easier to find the points of commonality Hmm. which is really what any good lawyer doctor yoga teacher radio host president anybody parent spouse partner we all want to find that little bit of ourselves in another person so that the universality of an interchange comes through and that was the gift of going to court and being in that now it started to get where I got so good at that type of thing I said you know I'm going to use my superpowers for good now (laughs) and I'll go to the other side and 
it has been remarkable because now I'm an advocate for health in the way that I was an advocate for housing. Mm -hmm. I'm an advocate because people will tell you all the time, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm too tired, I don't have the arm strength. And I say, nay, nay, yes, you do, you can do this. And they've never had someone championing them. Mm-hmm. And when they say, well, Nicole thinks I can do it. Well, maybe I can. And maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but over time. And that is the gift of building a person on the physical level, not because a beautiful body or great abs is great, a great core. No. If you have the ability to be kind to the people around you, to let someone go in traffic, to to extend yourself that extra bit with patience when you don't have it, when your child is being a pain or whatever you can contribute as your higher self. That is the gift of teaching people to be at peace in their bodies. You made that sound so easy. <laughs> um, I, I want to hear, the way you describe this idea of how your your career in law just kind of melded over into yoga, it yes. seems so seamless. I know there was probably more to it than that, but um, I do want to hear about, I think you said before at some point that you were practicing yoga for like 25 years for yourself, and then there was a period, you've been teaching for eight. Somewhere in there, there was a transition. So what started that transition for you? And how did you maybe begin the process of realizing, you know what, I think I want to do something else and it's not this. How did you do that? Yes, I always had an inkling. I've always worked with a coach for most of my time. And when you have a coach, you can bounce ideas off of someone. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to be a swan born into a chicken nest, you need help. (laughs) You know, you have this long neck and everybody else is flurry, fluffy and yellow and you have this beak and you have different feet and and I was always born into kind of the different nest and not that I wasn't loved but the other chickens around just didn't get it Mm. and what you need is a sounding board a mentor and I'm blessed with so many mentors so many people to help me and my mother and father were horrified when I made the switch Mm. disgusted by the time the investment of school of money, of everything, but it was worth it. Wow. Well, I, I want to hear more about that. We're going to go into our, our first break here. It's been amazing to listen to you, Nicole. I knew you'd be fantastic on the show. I knew <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. So we've been on the air with Nicole Pesur, who is a, a yoga diva here in Dallas, and she's been sharing really her first initial career of, of being an attorney there in New York City and just starting to talk with her about how she's been able to, to transition into full-time yoga. So if you want to learn more about her while we're away on the break, go ahead and take a look at her website. It's www.omyogadiva.com. So O-M-Y-O-G-A-D-I-V-A.com. After the break, we'll hear more about how she actually pulled off that transition. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to, to the show. I'm Elise Cortez, your host, and I'm here with Nicole Pesur, and we've been talking about how she managed to pull off that transition from being an attorney in New York City to a yoga diva here in Dallas. And you were just saying before the break a little bit about that transition and your parents' disapproval. So maybe if you want to start with that part, that is a very intriguing piece of it. It's so wonderful when your mother uses the pronoun we well we passed the bar and we did this and she will describe my passing the bar as harder than labor you know it was just a torture for her and I made my dad fly up from Dallas to New York and open the envelope and see my results because I was so scared and he opened the envelope and said well It's not the end of the world. And I immediately became crestfallen and I said, hey, wait a minute. This is the same man who has told me that the DNA test is still not dispositive on the paternity issue. (laughs) I took that piece of paper and saw the words, you pass, and I began to plummel him with such a rate of ire that the doorman came out and tried to protect him. But my parents, as all parents, or many parents, if you're blessed in that way, want an easy, nice, cushy life where you can get a salary and don't have to worry. And law has shifted. It's a different game now. Firms are now laying off. The work-life balance is very difficult to achieve. And when I decided to move away from law, it was a horrifying thing. They kept saying, well, maybe just not going to court Maybe if you do transactional, or maybe if you do nonprofit, or maybe if you do something else. And that's where the transition will be difficult, because you'll have to let go of the approval of others Mm -hmm. in order to listen to yourself. And sometimes that's very difficult, because you want to be accepted or the most favored trade nation in the block. You want to get that 
the special treatment of, oh, yay, they still like me. I can still get invited to Thanksgiving dinner, (laughs) that type of thing. And then I think the best moment was I was out with my mom and there was a woman whose daughter is a judge, but her daughter had left the bench to join the circus. Wow. And my mother looked at me and said, you know, you're a yoga teacher. Okay, that's not, okay, I I like it now. I like it, you know. (laughs) So by juxtaposition... And the transition is difficult. Saving money is so important if you're going to make a transition. I don't have a family. I am the sole person of my household. I have a wonderful, supportive boyfriend. Now my parents are very supportive of my efforts. And yet, if you have the, the duty, responsibility of bringing home food to a family, this transition can be daunting. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage people to surround yourself with like-minded folk who are interested in your well-being, who are not going to derail you, who are going to connect you with other people, and then to live very simply, Mm -hmm. to figure out what you can do without, and to make that the priority Financial freedom is a luxury that very few people have. Most people have very little savings. And to save and to be diligent about it, it is contrary to the consumer-based economy. Mm-hmm. And sure. it, it is something that will avail a person who wants to make that transition with a lot more fluidity. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. I mean, there's not a day that doesn't go by when I look at my bills and I think, what have I done? (laughs) Why did I do that? You know, sometimes I just look at myself and I say, I must have lost my mind. And then someone will come from class with a shining face and tell me, I did this and my husband is so proud of me or my my teacher told me that I I stand up, I pass my dissertation because you gave me self-soothing exercises. Those are the moments that are so rich to the soul that I'm willing to take a hit on the paycheck a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not much, mind you, but you know, and it it's a it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You are not at the fancy restaurants on that lawyer salary. You are not with the incredible wardrobe or Jimmy Choo's. You're in Birkenstocks and you have your mat strapped to your back and you're hustling and and moving into the community in ways that you're a solopreneur. And that's a cutting edge way to both serve and yet how do you protect yourself? Think of the future and it requires saving looking long-term, deciding what you can and cannot do, and making very real decisions according to health first for me. Mm. I just had the value of health. I was not willing to pop a pill and to live with those Crohn-like systems that I was developing. And I wanted more of, I feel good in my body. And I think it's my birthright to feel healthy, to have radiant health. And I'm not willing to self-medicate. The attorneys that I know often go to the bar at the end of every day, spend a lot of time retail therapy, 
There's nothing worse than depriving the body of its full expression. Sitting at a desk, texting, driving, these things don't let you know, hey, you've got a bicep. Hey, your leg is really strong. <laughs> Have you noticed you've got a bicep? Yes. So, well, so one of the things I really appreciate about what you're saying, Nicole, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show is that in my, my, my journey as a meeting and work researcher, I've talked with people who are miserable in their work, but they don't see a way out and yes. they, or they're not ready to make a change. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is that you have done that. You have crossed the chasm. And I don't know how much the, the health part of it came into this being for you, I would say probably a fair amount, but to take that experience and, and as you say, walk away from so much of what it took, the hours and the dollars and the time and the effort to become an attorney, to doing something different, um, is something that a lot of people have chosen not to do. Yes. And yet they, they, so the trade-off that you've made for a, a nice living, for something that allows you to live purposefully, is something that people really are wanting, but many are just not willing to, to, to walk that walk, not to take that journey. So I think that the fact that you did that is amazing and part of the reason that you are a great example. And I, the, all the advice you're giving along the way as we talk is wonderful, just what I was hoping for. So thank you. Thank you for having me. So you're eight years into it. I want to hear about your practice. You've been here in, in Dallas, right, for eight yes, years? Okay, yes, in your practice. So now I'd love to hear let's, about how it is that you do your practice. I mean, I know that you do yoga on your own. Um, so maybe first, do you have a favorite teacher? I love to study with Larry Lane, and he's an Iyengar teacher. Now, Iyengar is a type of yoga by BKS Iyengar. It uses props. It makes the body acclimate to poses that could be without skill level, but it's a common launch point for almost any body type. Now, I love an intellectual yoga. Mm -hmm. Of course you do. I can't get enough of the science-y, detailed, interstitious, anatomy-heavy, nerdy. (laughs) For lack of a better word. Yes, yes. That is my bliss because my mind is still on fire. Mm -hmm. My mind is so much on fire that I'm always thinking, always trying to figure out some new way to do, new way to think, new way to articulate. And that's the good news and the bad news because what has saved me from the yoga is meditation, Mm. a meditation practice. And for people making the transition, meditation, journaling, Mm. taking time out, walking, being in nature, slowing down, what will start to happen if you become healthier and healthier and more and more at peace, you will not be able to tolerate a toxic situation. You won't have a choice. Mm The healthier you get, you'll suddenly look around. It's as if you stop smoking and walk into a room where you used to be okay with the people inside and they were smokers too, and you've stopped and you can't stand the stench. Mm. That's what will happen over time if you give yourself the chance of good sleep, the chance of a good meal, good digestion, wonderful people. The idea that you have to be around negative Nancys Mm, not so great. If you're trying to get something done, watch who you spend time with. I completely agree with that, completely endorse that, yes. The rising tide lifts all boats. So if you want to get on to a different boat, you can't keep in the paddle boat that has a hole in it with people telling you to, to stroke, stroke to that ridiculous rhythm like 
time to make the donuts. Remember that commercial? Oh, yeah. Just on and on. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I tell people as, as a coach, because I do, I do strengths coaching, is, is just exactly that. That whole point of surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded in a positive vein. Yes. who want to see you change yes. and grow and don't want to see you stuck where you are. Because when you think about it, right, some of those people maybe are invested in you staying where you are. Exactly. Emotionally, for whatever reason, whatever is happening there. And they can be very powerful Negative Nellies, as you say. So that is another wonderful piece of advice. No charge, right? Right, right. Getting billed for this? I hope not. And it makes it makes people feel okay about themselves. If you are a mirror of mediocrity, when really you have the duty to show your light, mm-hmm. it's not just something for a few people. You have the duty to show your gift because without you, I mean, you think of the rainforest. We're killing and decimating plants that no pharmaceutical company in the world could imitate. Probably everything we need came on this planet with us, but we're killing it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with our human forests, right? We're mowing down people, cultures. We need to come strong across the board. We don't have the luxury of throwing away people. We can't waste. So when my students come to me, I see gifts that they might not see. I see strengths. And that is the quality of a good teacher to see the potential. And that's what you want when you step into a yoga studio, to find a safe space in which to be the protagonist in your own story and to slay the dragons in a safe place. And the story ending is always good because you come out feeling better, mm-hmm. always. And when you feel better, you can do better. Yeah, no doubt. Well, so it strikes me to ask you then, so you've been talking a little bit about your approach, your perspective that you, as, as you teach. So is your practice different from, from what you actually teach? Or how do you practice? I get alone on my mat and just figure out what feels good in my body. I love to look at Yoga Glow and teachers like Noah Maze, Dicelita Klein, Jason Crandall. Teachers with crazy verbosity mm-hmm. tend to be my skew point. I'm going to be the type of teacher who is not just reading out a list of ingredients. I'm going to tell you how to whip the butter. I'm going to tell you how to saute your diced onions. I'm going to tell you how to gently fold in the egg whites. I'm going to leave you with not just the ingredients, but a way to duplicate in your own kitchen the way to come hungry and be fed by yourself, which is miraculous. We always think, I've got to go to the store and I've got to get cumin. And then you come home and you found out you had cumin. You just needed to move over the allspice. So people have the ingredients they need. It's just a teacher who is going to say, well, let's see what you got today Mm -hmm. and what we can do from here. And they are astounded, pleased, empowered, and ready to get up and feel good about whatever level. Because in a yoga class, I describe it as taking a group of kindergarten children across Woodall Rogers Freeway after they've had all of the Halloween candy they can possibly handle. (laughs) Got the visual. They're just running. They're looking here. They're not paying attention. And to get people to listen 
and to listen to themselves first. Because to build confidence, who tells you, guess what, your body knows what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so fun to be sitting here with you, and I have the, the pleasure of seeing you in person. So I get, the, I get the whole thing, right, the 3D, if you will. So it's fantastic. If you could see the smile, listeners, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, so along those lines, what's, what's the, a great day for you, for example? A great day is many of my students come to me now twice a day. Wow. And I, I'm a type of teacher who never wants to step in the same river twice. The astounding part of my mind and my ability to create sequences is that I will riff in the same way that a jazz player uses a scale. I'll start off one way, but someone says, guess what? I have plantar fasciitis. Guess what? I got in a car wreck last week and my neck is still sore. Guess what? I'm pregnant. And I have to take all of those points into consideration and come out with a class that serves everybody. And so to be that teacher and to create enough for everybody in the room to be satisfied, that's the joy. That's the mental challenge. And that's a great day for me when I have come into the room, prepared hours for my sequence, and then they say, guess what? We don't want to, we want to do backbends and I will have prepared something else. And then I have to do what they want because they gave me the honor of their time. And it's my joy to serve them because they showed up. And then I'll sneak in a little of what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wins. Yes, it's a win-win. Well, then on the flip side, if you're at all a normal person, you have to have an occasional bad day. What's a bad day? To have a coach which I have had so many, to have wonderful support, of which I have so much, not everybody has that. And at certain points, you will get an energy vampire. And that person will need more than you can give. That sometimes startles, saddens, and horrifies me because it's as though you can't cut off enough of your arm to satisfy the beast. What a great phrase. Wow. And the most troubling incident I had was a student like that would linger after class and I would want to talk to them and I would talk to them. Well, how is this? How are you doing? How is your life? And spend time and and talk and, and do everything I could and try and bolster him. I didn't see him for a while. And then right before a class that was... I don't know, 35 people deep. It was on an Easter Sunday. His wife was coming out of the class that I was about to go in to teach in that same studio, and she informed me that he had committed suicide. Oh, my gosh, And so you have this thing where you have to perform, you have to shine, because 35 people showed up to get their yoga. And yet your heart is dying, and... Did I do the right thing? Could I have done more? Did I do enough? Why didn't I see it coming? Now, these are the questions that people will have surrounding the recent catastrophe, you know, with the pilot. Someone knows when someone else is in danger mentally, emotionally, and how we protect each other or create a system. That is the sadness that I have felt when I didn't save not that it, not that I could have, I don't know. Right. But that is a, that was a very dark day as a yoga teacher. 
Wow, um, that is such a, an incredibly powerful, intense place. I had no idea that kind of an answer would come out of your mouth. It's amazing. And, and on that note, it's maybe a good time for a break. Yes. Um, so we've been on the air with Nicole Pesur, and she has been talking with us about her, her practice in yoga, what she's doing these days, what she loves about it, and just finished telling us about her some of her bad days. After the break, we want to talk a little bit more about maybe how yoga and law might be similar or different. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Divorce leaves behind some lasting scars. Besides the emotional impact of starting over, keeping your family in order, co-parenting, and the general confusion that comes with it, there are also financial impacts, slow and grueling legal processes, and lack of support and resources to turn to. Tune in to Divorce Sucks, a smart girl's guide to doing it better, with host Laura Maiola. We'll bring you the tools to sort it all out the right way. Every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm Elise Cortez, your host, and I've been on the air here with Nicole Pesur, who is a yoga diva, speaker, and writer here in Dallas. She does all kinds of things. And before the break, we were talking about her best days and her worst days. That was really illuminating and just an amazing point that you made. It's amazing where we find ourselves connecting with people. So thank you for sharing that. It was intense. Um, What I want to move on to next to, I want to see how you think about, because you've mentioned this before, how you bridge the the worlds of being an attorney and being a yoga diva. And, And so one of the things I've heard you talk about that's interesting is this notion of tribal branding around professions and industries. So is there a commonality between yoga and law? Ironically, for me, the construction of a, an opening, a middle, and a closing argument is quite similar to the challenge of creating an opening for the body, mm. an argument for the body. So the supporting documents to prove this standard of negligence could be, mm, look at the papers on the floor. Contrarily, it could be, 
why don't you stand up a little straighter? I can tell that your spine is weak here. And move towards strengthening in a logical step-by-step way. So vinyasa yoga actually means step-by-step. And taking someone step-by-step in an anatomically intelligent fashion is very similar to creating an argument for or against a state. So if someone comes with a problem, an injury, I'm going to work against the weaknesses and work in favor of the strengths. So the commonality of an advocate of health and an advocate for someone's case is very similar, actually. Wow. Um, and the other thing that you said before, too, along those lines that I think is fascinating before we started the show is that you said you've, you've known other attorneys that have also oh, yes. become yoga instructors. What's up with that? There's something about yoga that is now seducing away perfectly sane people. What seems to happen is I went in to save the heathen and the heathen saved me it's like when the anthropologist goes into the bush and then finds that the the tribe knows people more in depth than he or she does and it's that type of idea where you go into yoga you think you're gonna know that you're doing it for vanity i want to look better and then you're doing it for sanity because then suddenly you feel better and then you do it for humanity the net really wide. I love that phrase, Nicole. That's fantastic. And the idea of law, I want to be a champion for your cause, but now as your yoga teacher, I want to be the advocate for your body-mind connection. I want to help you make a case for why you're fabulous. People tell me all day why they can't do something, and I'm here to tell them that they can. And it's an often challenge that they have not had that type of support. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book, Ideas That Stick, talked about the difference between a physician and a yoga teacher. Went through 10-step, 12-step programs and showed how yoga teachers automatically envision a positive outcome. Now, doctors have enough non-compliance. They've seen people not take pills And they start from, well, I know you're probably only going to take 70% of your birth control pills on a good day. I'm going to come from the idea, let's put in a system where you get up, you think of it, and you do it because you're mindful. When you talk about a purposeful existence, you're living on purpose. You're living on task. And your purpose is to feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's a radical thing that someone can feel good. People will scream out. I feel this in my quadricep. And I say, hey, who knew that if I bent your leg at a very strange and twisted angle and kept you there until your eyes turned purple, that you would feel it in your quad? (laughs) (laughs) And they're shocked. And like, hello, you're going to feel this because that's why we're doing it. And yet they still come back. And they love it. So along those lines, what I think is really interesting, there's two things that I want to be sure and ask you related to what you just talked about there. One is, did you have this idea of really, you really are clearly living a purpose here, doing what you're doing now. Were you able to do that as well? Did you have that same mentality as an attorney? Is this just who Nicole is? When we look at metamorphosis in Greek mythology, if you turn into a tree, you're going to be a very willowy, gorgeous tree. You're not going to be a cactus because you're not 
prickly. That's not your personality. So some through line is quite integrated. As you are in one way, so you are in another. Mm-hmm. Probably am a helper being through and through, through the core. And that idea of service, that, that idea of storytelling, even when I was a journalist and still like to write, the idea that I'm an advocate, those are things that won't leave. They just kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. Different focus now. Yes, yes. Well, the second question that I had as I heard you listen, or heard you talk before is that I, I, it strikes me that in order for you to do what you're doing for your, for your clients, the people that come to see you, you have to really take great care of yourself. Oh, yes. So how do you, what do you do for yourself to keep you in this state to be able to do this? Reiki practitioners, massage therapists, people describe that you give and get almost the same amount. So when you're teaching yoga, you also can benefit from the resonance of creating a healthy environment. So not only do you get to create the environment, but you get to partake as well. And then watching the joy, the studies of what happened after 9-11, being in New York and seeing the kindness, just seeing an act of kindness has the same effect as if you yourself had done it, Mm -hmm. just witnessing Mm. it. And that level of energy, and it's all energy, positive energy is going to be the thing that is the placebo effect in a study, right? It's the thing you think you're getting better, and I'm telling you, you, you're getting better. And it's probably that cellular chat that we have no idea what's what we're actually doing, but it's the voice quality. People say, oh, Nicole, I love to listen to your voice. Yeah. It soothes me, and I cut the relaxation CD for people and I'm so sad because no one ever hears the end. They just fall asleep and they don't hear the rest of it. But the idea to have a voice that is soothing, to have an energy that is soothing, the touch of a yoga teacher is also very important. A guiding instructional touch. You have to be very appropriate, very careful, very, very helpful, but people that touch more have better sales. NBA players, the teams that are spanking, high five, fist bumping, those are the more winning team. And actually, the man who is making the most shots is the one who is touched the most. Remember that mm. idea with the little monkey and he eschews the fake monkey with the, the bottle because it's in a wire cage and would rather be in the monkey that has fur but no bottle. Yes, yes, yes. I forget the name of those studies. Yes, but, yes. but the studies are real. What we're learning about touch and with yoga, and that's why in this digital age, yoga will continue to get stronger because people need to be touched. And there's a, there's a therapeutic aspect. So touching lives, helping people, learning how to make people feel better. I can't think of a better way. I'm the luckiest person ever to be able to do this on a daily basis. It's just so phenomenal. I'm very blessed. Well, it is they just listening to you narrate, and I do love the way you choose language, as I mentioned. I, I would I can imagine, and when I get to take class with you, which I'm looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to receiving that inside your your yoga studio. Um, but one of the things that when you were talking there that I thought was really interesting, talking about the energy piece there, um, I wonder how the way you talk translates to the way you write. So what are you working on for writing? I write for myself now. I have so much energy towards 
observational skills. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest part. I will go to a person after class and, and look at them and, and watch their body and say, hey, can you stop for a minute? Let me, let's let, what's going on here? That person will break into tears. I just lost my job, and I didn't want to tell anybody. And that writerly eye, that that eye that can observe a jury stand, that eye that can see, that eye that can discern, the ear that can can really hear. Even when someone's not talking, they're speaking. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And the listening, watching, these are things that when your head is down and you're texting, you can't see. I'm, I'm blessed to be in a place where I have to look at people. I have to watch their bodies to make them safe. I have to listen to them say things and ask just the right almost cross-examination. How are you sleeping? What are you doing? Oh, I sleep great. That's great. But are you sleeping under the influence of something? Oh, yes, I take a pill every night. Well, that's not you (laughs) sleeping well. Guess what? That's the pill working. Right, right. You know, and so it's these little type of cross-examination that also comes in. And people want to know, well, why are you asking me these questions? Well, I'm asking you these questions because I need to know how safe you can have your yoga before we nudge you along into a more interesting position. People are astounded to get into poses that they never have Mm -hmm. with me because, first of all, they feel safe. One of my students is 76. She's weaned off of her asthma meds. She was told, you can't do handstand. You're too old. I'm not advocating Every 76-year-old needs to do this type of yoga practice, but she wanted to do it, and now she's doing it. Another client at Match.com, corporate client, terrible hip pain, injections, going to specialists. On the corporate line, using yoga as a modality is going to lessen healthcare costs, and that's another reason why yoga is so beneficial, because it makes people feel better in really measurable ways. It's not, well, guess what? Now you have to take this pill to offset the side effect of that pill, and then you have to live with the pain. No, I'm telling you, you can feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is so beautiful, and I, I totally subscribe to that, and I do yoga as well, as, as we've talked about, and it has changed my life significantly, and I do find myself... The, the energy is better for me. I, it is my meditation time. It's my alone time, and I love it. So I, I am a, I'm a fan. Um, as we come to a close here, we're almost to a place where, we, where I have to say goodbye to you, but we're not there yet. I, I want to ask you maybe one last question, um, and that is, would you ever go back to law again? You know, there is so much to be gained from flexibility, and when you have that in your back pocket, I'm a very different type of yoga teacher because of it. Mm-hmm. Can I bleach it out of my fabric? No. It's always going to be there, and people can feel it. They'll say to me after class, you know, you don't talk like a normal yoga teacher. <laughs> you know, you don't. your words are kind of... And, and even if you're not doing yoga, if you're baking, if you're walking, if you're playing golf, if you're hitting your flow state, that's yoga. It's the state where nothing is missing. It doesn't have to be you on a mat getting into a weird position. You can be in yoga, being with someone you love, and feeling great. So you're not going back to law? 
Not anytime soon. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't think you would say that, but Nicole, thank you so much for being on this Thank show. you for having it, me. It has been ex- everything that I thought it would would be. The, the journey, the whole thing, all the stories, the tips that you gave along the way, the advice for our listeners has been just what I was hoping for. Um, so I... So thank you, Catherine Lynch, again. Thank you, Catherine. I better (laughs) see you in class. And there you go. Now you're in big trouble. So uh, next week, we will be having Stacey Purpose Yarbrough on the the air with us. She has adopted this very nickname as her identity and her direction. So she calls herself Purpose. She's going to share her journey to live a life of purpose. And she's come into this basically about 11 years ago. And her whole thing is to empower women of all ages to realize their fullest potential and live their purpose. And, and that's what she does on a radio show for herself as well, by the way. So thank you for tuning in and listening this week. Come back and join us for the dog next week. And remember that work is one third of your life. So please work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.